Hi, I'm Christina with the Broke Girl Society podcast. And I'm Brian with All In The Addicted Gamblers podcast. And we're currently doing a combined podcast. It's going to be on both of our channels to advertise our new YouTube show. Yes, and our new YouTube show is talking about gambling addiction. It's virtually a podcast, but with our faces. With our faces, so we can have more information on the screen. It's called The Bet Free Life, and that's the name of the channel, and you can search it, and we'll put links on our respective feeds to advertise for it. But it's a really exciting. We've put out one episode so far, but we're going to plan to do this hopefully weekly, hopefully. That's our that's our plan, hopefully Underline weekly. hopefully. Yeah, <laughs> and I think we'll probably stick to that for the most part. Um, and we're hoping to bring on guests you know, too, to talk about these different issues with gambling addiction. Yeah, I think some people just enjoy a visual medium and they'll be happy to see our smiling faces. And yes. hopefully, hopefully we'll get to a point where we're doing some of the episodes live on YouTube in the moment. So that way everyone, it, it'll feel like more of a participation activity where people can participate. Absolutely. As, as I needed to explain participation activity with, <laughs> I defined it with the same word. Yeah. And I think what's great about it too, is um, it's almost like somebody sitting there with us having a conversation because they can see our faces. They can, and they can kind of maybe visually see what we're talking about. And um, you know, like one of the, the cool things about doing YouTube is there's a whole, I think there's a whole different group of people on YouTube that maybe aren't listening to podcasts, but, but like to watch videos and, and those types of things. So we may be able to reach a lot more people that way. Yeah, definitely. I, I think in general, if you look at a lot of YouTube numbers, they're generally higher than I think podcast numbers. So I think it, it exposes us to a whole new audience, as you said. Yeah. But I think one of our main points with doing this is to expose this to an underserved audience. Absolutely. Um, there's recovery. a recovery. Yes. Being uh, there's, there's a huge diversity base out there that does not get, I think, a lot of the information, a lot of the help, a lot of, um, you know, things that are, are geared towards recovery. And so I think by doing something like this, we might even bring in a younger generation or, you know, just just a different diverse generation or group of people, um, you know, to share this message with and, and hopefully get that information too. Yeah, I, I, I think it's, it's, I think the relationship between the two of us is nice because a male female but b you're newer in gambling recovery than i am but we both have these similar experiences we heck we were both playing slot machines um yeah so i think there's a lot that we can since we've teamed up we can talk about and keep it uh the conversation fresh in in the eyes of the audience absolutely and it's a tool that yeah, very good. And it's a tool that we both use in our recovery, um, talking about it, podcasting, um, and just sharing these experiences with other people. That that's a huge, a huge way that I focus on my recovery every day. Um, and it's connection, whether it's it's through YouTube, through a podcast, through a meeting, through just a social phone call, media. social media, however it is, it is something that is is healing and, and helpful. So, you know, I'm really looking forward to this and, and doing this. So we are part of our goal too, is to keep the information 
in front of everybody because the information in the U.S. currently, because it's state by state, is so spread out and sometimes hard to find what you're looking for. And our goal is to get as much information into an episode as possible, whether we say it or whether it's on the screen underneath us or above us. And so if you happen to catch our episode or future episodes and we have something that might be incorrect or not up to date, please email us at thebetfreelife at gmail.com to let us know that's because we, we want the state council phone numbers to be up there. We want Gamblers Anonymous and Recovery Road and Celebrate Recovery to, to be up there. We want to have the lifeline number for suicide prevention up there. So there's all these different avenues. We want all the information to be in sort of one spot so that way people can find it. The whole idea is just to make this easier for people to recover from gambling addiction. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be hard because people can find the information. Absolutely. Um, because that's one of the things I struggled with when I first came into recovery. Uh, where do you go? What do you do? Um, and I know talk, talking to so many other people, they had a very similar experience. Um, and especially in states where gambling is newer, um, you know, where I know it's more prevalent on the East Coast. Of course, you've got got. Nevada and in those states where it's been there a long time, you've got newer states like Oklahoma and, and things like that, where it's, it's you know, the, re- the recovery options and the information for that hasn't quite caught up to the number of casinos being built every day. So, you know, it's just important to just try and keep up with that and try and, and get that information out there. I, I do want to make a quick note. I did notice the billboard when I was driving through town the other day, and I was so proud of that like so proud of that (laughs) it's a big deal that you noticed the billboard yeah they my state has done very little to advertise uh gambling help and oh it was a billboard for gambling help i i I thought you were talking about uh, (laughs) i I was like oh those billboards are everywhere where i'm at oh yeah those gambling those are here too but to see one that actually advertised the helpline in our state was amazing and it's it's right on a major thoroughfare and like, yeah, I was really excited to see that it was, they just put it up within a few days. And um, I don't know, it just put a big smile on my face. I was really happy, but that's the first time I'd ever seen anything. Uh, we don't have advertisements. We don't uh, have any of that. And, and the Facebook and stuff like that, they're really, they really are trying to catch up. So. Um, and just yeah, so everybody knows what state are people, you know, on my feed and stuff, what state are you in that you're referring to? I'm in Oklahoma and I live just outside of Tulsa. So um, it was, it was nice to see. Also, I know that there's a, probably a lot of other recovery options or help that maybe we, we don't know about or that we haven't come across. So if there's something that has maybe helped you uh, send us an email and we'll, we'll look at it and um, you know, just, just let's put an understanding out there that we're not affiliated with anything. Um and, and we're not we're professionals not in, either. We're, we're not we are professionals. Two people who are in recovery ourselves, just trying to share our experiences to help people. Absolutely. So anything that you see or, or come across that we've put out, it is just purely for education and um, hopefully to get you get you where you need to be. Uh, Christina, maybe real quick, we should just mention our gambling journey, just so people will know who we are and what we're doing, even if they're even if they've already listened to us, but maybe they haven't heard our individual stories. Do you, would you like to start? Sure. Uh, I started gambling at 28 um, as a social activity. Uh, during that time, I started to learn unhealthy coping techniques. Um, I used it as a coping tool to 
just fight off everyday stress and unhappiness. Uh, right around 35, it turned, that's where it kind of turned to a problem. Um, and I always say this when they talk about controlled and responsible gambling, I was a controlled, responsible gambler from the time I was 28 to the time I was 35. And then it tipped for me. And then it became compulsive, disorderly, and destructive. So I gambled that way till I made my last bet at 42 and started recovery. But it's it's been a it's been a journey. That's that's kind of the cliff notes version of of my story. Um and happily and what, in recovery. What is your recovery? What specifically are you doing for yourself? My recovery consists of meetings. Um, I do a mix of GA. I do a mix of another um, problem gambling group. Uh, then I also do therapy and I work with a sponsor. I mean, weekly, I probably hit a meeting six, five, six, seven days a week, depending on my schedule. And, and um, that's impressive. It is. It is. I do. And sometimes I do two meetings a day. Um, and it's not so much that I'm struggling and that I, in this moment, and I am over almost eight months in recovery. It's not so much that I'm like having urges and these types of things. It's just, I know how important it is to stay committed to these things right now in this recovery in order to maintain the path that I'm on. Um, and then on top of all that, I do the podcast and I, I spend my evenings talking with women who are also struggling and not just necessarily women. I mean, I talk to, um, you know, just anybody who's struggling, uh, to find recovery or need help, need help in some capacity. You know, sometimes they just need to talk to somebody. Uh, sometimes just a, just a small conversation can, can really change where you're at for the day. I have, before I tell mine, I, I just have one more question about Oklahoma, especially you being outside of Tulsa is Blake Shelton, as dreamy as he is on the voice when he's in Oklahoma and is he the king of Oklahoma? I would say he probably is. He is, he is very much a typical Oklahoman. Um, very, you know, yeah, I would say I'm a huge fan of Blake Shelton. <laughs> I didn't he's, know who he was till I watched the voice and then I was like, this guy's great. Yeah. He's, he's very much, he's very much a typical Oklahoman, just laid back, easy going, drinks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I might want to edit that part out, but that's the good old, the good old boy. Yeah. Well, I won't edit it out. I'll use it as the opportunity to say our, our goal with doing this as well is to, to accept all forms of addiction and talk about all forms of addiction. Now, our primary purpose will be to talk about gambling addiction because that's what we are both uh, suffering with. However, we would like to welcome everyone from recovery yeah. in because we're all in this together. And so we do hope to talk about drinking drugs and anything else that may be affecting somebody in a negative manner. Absolutely. Even maybe, even the, maybe the more, the less talked about ones too, would be an interesting yeah. conversation to enlighten other people on. So, but we'll let the moment. audience guide that ship. Cause you and I were, we're gamblers in recovery and we'll talk about that. Yeah, so, definitely. Tell the cows come home. Is that the same? It is. It is. And so are you ready to share a little bit of your story? I am. Uh, so I started when I was 18, freshman in college, uh, just started one night with some friends. Somebody said, let's go to the casinos. Oh, cool. Yeah, let's do that. And, uh, we could go at 18. So we did in Michigan. And then, um, of course that quickly turned into me going alone. And then, um, I was academically dismissed from school because I wasn't going to, to class. And so then I was gambling more. And then I went to my first 
GA meeting when I was 24 in an attempt to stop. I went to my second GA meeting when I was 26 because I was uncomfortable. Uh, and then that worked for about two and a half years. And then I stopped going to meetings and relapsed. And then I went back to my meeting and made it another, I think, a uh, couple of years. Then uh, I had a death in the family. My father died and that kind of sent me into a spiral of, of, of a constant relapse for about a year, really. I, I, I don't think it was different relapses. It was, it was about a year of relapsing. And that led to my final bet. And that was in uh, July of 2014. And that's when the podcast started. And that's been my primary. I was looking for a new way to recover because I'd been to GA. I'd done therapy one-on-one. And I just thought, let me try something else. And that's how the podcast started. Uh, just my friend and I talking about my addiction. And uh, it's grown since then to, to what it is now. And I think after this long, I'm, I'm excited to do this new venture to get on YouTube. You know, when I was younger, I wanted to be a performer. And I think YouTube is a perfect place for that. Now everybody can do that. And so we get to do it now on uh, on friday nights for now as it were friday night's a good night i think for recovery you you probably won't get the episode until later in the week but we record on friday nights and our hope is to eventually do it live on friday nights and the reason being i think we talked about you know it's the weekend it's for a lot of people it's a big party time but for those of us in recovery it's well how do we get through the weekend yeah how do we get through the paydays um you know i think that's that's a big struggle that i see a lot is is the payday and for me and I've talked about this before is paydays were, um, when I gambled, I didn't gamble every day. I gambled when I got paid until there wasn't any money to gamble. So it was usually roughly anywhere from five to six days a month versus somebody that, that gambles every day. Um, I was the same. Cause I, yeah. I, mean, I was a check to check person. So I would take that check. And if it, if I left the casino with any money, then yeah, I would go back the next day, but generally it was paycheck on that evening. Yeah. Um, I just want to ask you a quick question there real quick. When you talked about, and when we did this, this episode the other night, I meant to ask you about this. When you started going by yourself, why was that? I really liked it. I, I, I mean, I think I, I think I reached out to friends like you guys want to go and like, well, no, we're, we have school, <laughs> you know, because everybody was from different universities in Michigan. There's a whole bunch of universities all in the same area. So everybody was going to different schools. And I just, it really stuck with me about how much I liked it. And it, interest, it really grabbed my interest more than school did. And so I would be thinking about it like, oh my gosh, I want to go back. I want to go back. And finally, I just said, I'm just going to go by myself. And that was just the worst decision. Because once I became, you know, I was a little anxious about it, going alone to the casino. But once you walk through the door and you realize that process and you can just do it, um, then I was I was hooked. I actually called the 800 number when I was 18. Um, really? Uh, under under the guise of, I said, oh, I'm writing a paper on gambling addiction. I was just wondering if you could send me some information, but it was exactly because I thought I had a problem already with um, gambling. And I got the 20 questions in the mail and I looked at them. And of course it says, you know, seven. And I think at that time I answered 15, 16 as yes. And I was like, oh boy, this isn't, this is not good. But also when nobody else knows and you still want to gamble, you go gamble. Right. You don't tell anybody because you don't want them to stop you from gambling. Exactly. Um, I think too, whenever, I think for me, I wanted to go by myself because I didn't want anybody dictating my time. Um, I didn't want somebody being, okay, let's go. Or when I wasn't ready to go. So yeah, that was, that was definitely when I should have realized that it was a problem. But also I think too, I, sh you know, I gambled for 15 years. Um, and it's, it's surprising to me that you knew right away 
that it was, or, you know, pretty young that it was a problem because for me out of that 15 years, it probably took 13 to, to really understand. It was the last few years that I knew that it was a problem and I couldn't stop, but it probably took me 13 years to even acknowledge that, Hey, something's not right here, but then it, you know, it still took me every bit of 15 to stop. So, well, what, what changed for you when you said you went from a controlled gambler to a compulsive gambler? How, how did you notice that change? Cause I'm assuming you were still playing the same machine, still gambling on payday. Yeah. I think what changed for me is when I started using bill money, I think that's what changed for me. You know, before, when I talk about being a controlled gambler, um, before, and this is why I still kind of struggle with, and we can maybe talk about this in a later episode, the whole responsible controlled gambling, because I'm sure there is some reasoning to it, but I, I don't understand it. Um, because like I said, I was controlled up until then, but I think it's when I started noticing that I was using money that I, I would normally have always paid my bills. I always paid my bills, you know, and that kind of thing. And well, I say always, I've never had a good re- relationship with money. I'm just going to put that out there. Never had a good relationship with money, but I, I was paying my bills. I was, I was adulting well. Um, and then it just got to the point where I was just starting to get into the bill money. Like, oh, I can pay that out of the next paycheck or I can, you know, you know, just start playing that game. And then after a while, it just like all that catches up with you. Um, that bill you were going to pay out of the last paycheck because you didn't pay it out of the paycheck before. And now it's two months behind. And you know what I mean? Like when, when that starts to happen, then it's that, and then it just, that's when that vicious cycle happens. Oh, well, I got to go gamble to get the money to pay this bill that I haven't paid for two months because yep. I thought I was going to win the money. And so then it was just like, I was in it. I was in it until it broke me like physically, mentally, every which way. So, yeah. Yeah. That cycle. Uh, and then I would, I would get, it happened a lot in my twenties. I would get a second job thinking, okay, the second job will take up my time and I won't have time. So I won't have time to gamble and then I'll have extra money coming in. But then eventually you, you find a day off and you're like, well, I've got money again, back to gambling. Um, cause I don't like working my second job. So if I gamble, I could get out of it. And yeah, the cycle just repeated, repeated, repeated. And that's the hardest part. I was just talking to somebody the other day. I won't mention the person's name. Um, but the person won't tell the spouse and that's because, you know, they, they're, they, they're worried what will happen. And I understand that. But as, as you said, you know, when I, you know, we don't tell anybody because we don't want anyone to stop us. You, you have to tell somebody so they will stop you. I mean, it, it, it sucks, but it's sort of the only way to get it done is to tell somebody to say it out loud to another human who can affect you, not just online. If you, you can say it online, but they're right. Not, they're not next to you. They're, they can't take that weight off your shoulders unless they're right next to you to take that weight. So let them take it and tell them out loud. Yeah. They may, they may feel a little heavier after you share it with them, because I know when I shared everything with my mom, I can't imagine how she must've felt, but at the same time, I felt lighter and, and it just felt like knowing somebody else was there to share the burden with me. I, I can't explain it. It's, it's just amazing. You know, and her reaction to it was, was, you know, nothing but pure love, you know, yeah, mom's love kind of thing. Um, I want to, I just want to say this quote I came across real quick and then we can yeah. probably just tie it up. It says addiction will make you chase a drug that doesn't even feel good anymore just to avoid the pain of quitting. And when I read that, I was like, I mean, damn, like that's fire because Where that's, that that's honestly, 
I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know who to credit, credit it to. So if it was you, sorry, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> That's an awesome but it's just quote. something I came across on, on social media or something that wasn't credited, but, um, and I do generally try and find the original person, but just for that, just, just reading that addiction will make you cho- chase a drug that doesn't even feel good anymore. I just remember sitting in the casino feeling so much misery and so much pain and so much, I, you know, that, that level of, of just devastation and, and, you know, just sitting there, but you still keep putting the money in because you're, you're chasing something and yeah, just to avoid the pain of quitting it, even though you're, you're in nothing but pain. <laughs> it's, it's just kind There's of one of those of things pain that so. comes with, with quitting and, and, it's that first real look at your bills too afterwards of like, Oh, now I I have to take on this debt without trying to gamble and get a quick fix. Um, now for me, that wasn't always necessarily true. I mean, I paid back a lot from time to time because I gambled for so long and kept trying to stop for so long. So I kept paying back. And then at the end I had to file bankruptcy because I was just in so deep. And that's something I I don't mind saying out loud at all anymore. I used to, you know, like, I don't want to talk about that. And I remember I didn't talk about it for the first year or two after it happened. And then one day I was like, you know what? It's time I can talk about it. So I'm happy to say that that's what I did. It was a huge relief. But I, I also, the bankruptcy, it was a main reason, again, of not ever going back. Like, I got to the point of filing bankruptcy. I am never gambling again. And I, and I know that there's programs that, um, you know, frown upon that. Mm-hmm. And so that's probably fed into that because you, you spent years in programs like that, but, um, you have to really look at like how it's going to impact your life. If that's something that's going to help you get ahead of this. Um, and that's something you need to do to stop gambling, to get ahead of it, then yeah, by all means you need to do whatever is going to, to help you. Um, I think people, a lot of people still struggle with the shame of that, of bankruptcy and, um, or they struggle with, you know, maybe they're in a particular program that doesn't, that, that frowns on it or something like that. But if, if it's, if it's harming you not to do that, to, to not to take that step, then, you know, definitely look at your options. And I think too, it's, it's one of those things where just make sure you're in a good place that you're not still continuing to gamble when you do that, because it, it can, um, maybe put you back in it. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I've heard that. Yeah. I mean, well, I think some the worry that they they talk about in 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 my experience in GA is that if you if you file bankruptcy, then you got a bailout and then the slate is clean and you you'll think Yeah, oh, that's I think that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. And for me, that wasn't the case. That's not why I was doing it. And so I felt confident in my reasons for doing it. Yeah. Um, and before we go, I do want to say that we're also on the show going to discuss mental health issues from time to time, because I recently yes. discovered I was going through some stuff and uh, I don't need to get all to do it now. I've, I've done that enough lately. So uh, but we will talk about mental health issues as well on the show. Absolutely, because it, it really does. It really does play a part in everything. Um, and I think, too, whenever we are voices in recovery, do you do you think that sometimes that keeps us maybe? from going down that road. Oh yeah. I feel accountable to the audience of the podcast for sure. Yeah, And see, and (laughs) And it it helps helps me. Not everyone's going to get that same help that I get from doing the podcast. Um, but I'm, yeah, absolutely. It helps me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, Hey, we hope that you guys check it out. Um, subscribe so that you can keep up to dates with new release episodes. 
Yeah. And, you know, with the podcast, I'm like, ah, people will find it. But with the YouTube show, if, if you want to help us out, it, it would help to subscribe and, and share the videos when they come out. And if you're part of this community, we'll happily try to share your story. And also, if you are part of our smaller community, our podcasting community, we'll absolutely share your information as well, because we want everyone to find who they like listening to, who they can relate to in order to help them recover. So check out, it's called The Bet Free Life. And it'll be on YouTube and uh, we'll both link to it in our respective podcasts. Christina, it's great to talk to you and I'll, yeah. I'll see you on Friday. Yeah, we'll see you Friday. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks.